here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Hi, cutie pie. You know, one of us is in deep trouble. You know who I am? I've seen you before. You're the asshole on TV. That's funny, I was gonna say the same thing about you. I saw the video of your prison break. Sensational. Ben, I think we might be able to help each other out. I've got the brains, and you've got talent. Now you've got more. You've got talent, you've got charisma, and you've got balls. And that's why I pulled a few strings to get you here. And that's why I'd like you to volunteer to appear on tomorrow's broadcast of The Running Man. Fuck you. <laughs> You're a brilliant conversations, man. A trifle limited, but brilliant. Take a look. How long are they keep us here? Isn't that your old school teacher buddy there, huh? And there's your other buddy, the one who helped yeah. you in the prison infirmary. Nice. Laughlin. What are you gonna do with them? Well, that's, that's really up to you, Ben. You see, I created the running man, but I don't make the rules. Got a contract with the government. They send me the convicts, I put them on the show. Well, you've seen it, right? And you know at least you got a chance. But your buddies, Ben, they're the B-list. So if you don't do the running man tomorrow, Weiss and Rothman are gonna go on in your place. What do you say? Who loves you and who do you love? It's Press X to Reload. We are back. Strap on your skin-tight ICS bodysuit and tackle the trials and tribulations and serial stalkers of video game adaptations. We are here for the last of our five video game-related films before we go back to straight adaptations. I am Nick Moore. Joining with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne. Hello, everybody. And Mark. How's it going? It's going fantastically. We watched The Running Man. Part one of the two-part left-right punch of ridiculous awesome films that Arnold released in 1987. This and Predator came out to wow the senses. This movie, Running Man, oh my god. Yeah, fine, it's not a direct video game adaptation, but video games literally stole from this. Oh yeah, we'll get into yeah, the specific yeah, absolutely. game. Absolutely, but this game play th- this movie plays like a video game before video games had a chance to be as awesome as this game, as this film. Mm. I keep saying game instead of film because it's so intertwined. <laughs> it is not even close to based off the Richard Bachman story that is, you know, Stephen King. It's nowhere near close. It is, my opinion, way more entertaining and way more outlandish. Yeah, it is absolutely absurd. It is Arnold in a game show for his life, and it is freaking. I I just I love it. I can't say enough fun things about it. It's never going to win any major awards, but it is pure entertainment. Mark, 
Are you on my side? <laughs> yeah, like it's one of those movies where I think it's such a roller coaster of fun, which is maybe everything the 80s was about. Like, it's not an overly deep story, but my God, it is entertaining from beginning to end. Ridiculously fun. Arnold is iconic in it. And I do actually see some parallels between Arnold's everyman character wrongly done on a revenge justice tale in a lot of video games narrative. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. And I've also read the Stephen King or under, under Richard Bachman book. And you're right. This is, this is so outlandish that if somebody remade running man, but did it more like the book, it would be a totally different movie. So I'm almost here for it, but I I enjoyed this. (laughs) Wayne, how about you? I mean, yeah, all for one, one for all here. Oh, for sure. This this ticks every box to describe an '80s action film. Like, yeah. if you ha- if you did a list of seventy items, it would tick every single box on it. It's just <laughs> it's so cliche. It's so perfect to define the '80s action genre. What blows my mind is that we never got a video game of this. Somehow, like when you look back mm-hmm. at the NES era, we got Predator, we got uh, Total Recall, Rambo. Yep. Like, how did we not get Running Man? <laughs> that was probably of all of yeah. those the most video game like show that would have trans transitioned really well. And to kind of compliment mm-hmm. what Mark is saying, I, I actually am blown away. This hasn't been remade yet. Yeah. As a show, mm-hmm. like even a Netflix series, it'd make an amazing Netflix series. <laughs> it, 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 again, it ticks all the boxes that would make awesome TV. And um, mm-hmm. reality TV is so popular now more than ever. This would just kind of fill uh, the void real good. Oh, absolutely. Now, yeah. rather than dancing around it, we'll get right to it. The video game that kind of stole the thunder of The Running Man being directly adapted into a video game is Smash TV. Correct. That is mm-hmm. The Running Man, the video game, but without Correct. the licensing of Arnold. And I think that's kind of what they pulled there is, what a great idea. If we take Arnold's face off of it and just make our own wacky, zany crap, yeah. we don't have to pay him. And that's kind of what Smash TV is. Mm-hmm. And much like this film, Smash TV is crazy entertainment that doesn't care how ridiculous and over the top it is. And that's what makes it work. And that's what makes this work. Bef- yeah. Before we get into the the particulars, the opening text, the setup for this world, I just want to read it, partially because it's absolutely great, and also because did this movie predict the future better than The Simpsons predicts the future? Possibly. Oh, yeah. The introduction. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state divided into paramilitary zones rules with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state, and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. Like, come on! My favorite part of that is... I forgot that movie was was set in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> since we've since blown past that, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well, they got LA right because they got that wrong." It's becoming more right of a trope that, that we're wrong. starting to see as we get older. This film was released in 1987, near the tail end of it. It got pushed back four months so that Arnold wasn't competing against himself with Predator, but still released in '87. 
So they're projecting 40 years into the future when they make this. And that feels like a safe bet if you want to have some future technology, but not be so far that it's Star Trek and nothing's really relatable anymore. Yeah. But now we're watching this 40 years later. Well, 45 years later. Three, uh, four years, five years past now. So this is now five years in our past. (laughs) And it's kind of amusing (laughs) to watch their future take. Yeah. Partially because... I am astounded at the amount of technology that this movie prophesized or kind of theorized about that became real. (laughs) It's amazing. You think about 1987 when they released this, the idea of deep fake video that takes place in the plot near the end of this. That's a totally real thing. Now the idea of voice activated households and appliances that is totally a real thing now with Alexis or yeah. Alexi or whatever it is. Alexa. Alexa. There we go. Alexa. Yeah. So like that's a completely real thing now. The idea of even the exploding collars they have on the inmates. How far removed is that from a shock collar and an invisible fence for a dog? Yeah. I mean, right. Like that too. all of the technology <laughs> is there yeah. now. Like to Wayne's point, I'm sure we could make exploding columns. You totally could. You just shouldn't. (laughs) Well, you shouldn't. But the idea of having like an invisible perimeter fence that can activate a collar, you do that with dogs and invisible fences. And even the Mm -hmm. scary idea of the the media using entertainment media and attention grabbing to kind of divert the people's attention away from what the government is doing. Mm -hmm. You can't argue that the government does use things like look at Trump. He'd say something stupid and ridiculous and get people all worked up. And meanwhile, they're passing laws in Congress that no one's paying attention to because it's not making the news. Mm. All of that stuff is here. Well, and I think one of the considering when this movie was made, like this is pre the proliferation of all the reality TV. Yeah. So like that alone and the way reality TV like just absolutely dominates TV and people and their lives like they captured that they perfectly captured that 100 like, there are famous people who are famous for being famous like the kardashians have a show i've never seen the show but they've got a show and i don't know what they do i don't if know it's what like running man i'll have. start watching it <laughs> yeah, i agree i would start watching it i would absolutely every week in. you lose a kardashian i'll only we'll watch never, we'll never the kardashian one if it's climbing for dollars <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that booty do some dog. scooting. I want to see booty dog. scooty God, climb great. that rope. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> well, I love that too about this movie. The the reality shows you don't see. They give yeah. you commercials for the things that are happening yeah. in this world. It's insane. So, for you listener, if you haven't seen this, I read off the intro. But the basic idea is in the future, incredibly violent game shows are used to distract the public from the totalitarian regime that the government has. You have limited supply, so to kind of draw the attention off the fact that people are in dire straits, you know, missing legitimate resources like water and fuel, hey, look at this awesome gladiatorial game show where we put on prisoners and they can fight for their freedom and they usually would just get murdered by a bunch of superhero stalkers and serial killers, essentially. The stalker mm. characters they have in this, each one of them feels like the villain of an 80s slasher film just yeah. jammed into one movie. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. It's true. That's true. It's the it kind is, of thing that Cabin in the awesome. Woods does. It's totally rad. Years later with horror films, but doing it with slasher films, where I think there's, what, 
five different slashers over the course of this, or stalkers, they want to call them? Stalkers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've got like five of them in there. You've got Sub-Zero, you've got Buzzsaw, you've got Dynamo, you got Fireball, you have... Captain... um, uh, Captain Jesse Ventura, Captain Amazing. Yeah, Captain Amazing, is it? (laughs) Jesse Ventura. I don't know. (laughs) That's actually a better name, Nick. Probably. It is a better name. (laughs) But you've got... All of these ones that could legitimately be their own serial killer slasher stalker in an 80s chopping up a bunch of teens movie. But instead, they're all being put against Arnold. So Arnold is the final girl once again. Two films that year Mm -hmm. where he plays the final girl. (laughs) Predator, where a bunch of muscle-bound heroes fight the evil stalker the Predator. And this, where he's thrown into a game show hunted by multiple monster humans. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. But Arnold is a military, I guess, helicopter pilot? Gunner? Yeah. Which one? Like, which one is he? The helicopter yeah. gunner, I guess? Are they both? Pilot, gunner. He's flying the plane. He's Yeah, he's flying the plane. It's from the, 2017, the so it's high tech, this helicopter. It, can it was high yeah, tech. He could do both. He could do both. <laughs> but he's at a food riot and he disagrees with the orders given to open fire on the crowd, which I still don't know why they say to open fire on the crowd. And he gets knocked right out by his other soldiers who are there and gets sent to prison for insubordination. And then he gets thrown onto this game show. (laughs) It's not insubordination. He's sent to prison for murder. They frame well, him for yes. the murder of all those people. They knock him out for insubordination, and then they mm-hmm. frame him for the murder that they commit. So yes. my first question is, if he didn't buck against it, if he was willing to do it, were they going to end up pinning it on him anyway? Like Probably. Yeah, that's like, what I took it. That's the, <laughs> like, it's the one thing about the movie that is the weirdest thing about the movie to me. They it's blame the, him for they, it, but it was they told him to do it. Always so. a crime. Yeah, it was yeah. always going to be a crime. He, he's going to go to jail one way or the other. The movie almost needed to open up with somebody talking about this mission and saying, we got to wipe out everybody. Who's crazy yeah. enough to do that? Well, we'll have to pin it on whoever pulls the trigger. You know? Right. Yeah. So it seems weird that they would blame him for it when the government seems to do whatever they want anyway and change the details. They could have said that, like, for example, the, the rebel group that they're fighting against for half of it, they could have said that they opened fire on the crowd. Yeah. By the way, look at our game show. So it was kind of weird. It feels like a contrived setup just to get him into that situation. But since it gets him into this game show, I don't care. Do it anyway. Yeah, you forget about it. I'll take any excuse that makes him in this film. Aside from that weird opening, the rest of the movie runs fairly lean. It doesn't have a lot of like Mm -hmm. side plot malarkey. It really just follows Arnold and kind of, well... Yeah, pretty straightforward. (laughs) Him and his accidental buddies that he makes when he goes to prison... Getting yes. shoved into the game show and fighting for their lives. This movie is literally pushing right on the D-pad. Yeah, pretty much. It just moves. Yeah. And I like that. It doesn't yeah. waste a whole lot of time, and it yeah. doesn't need to. I think it's about an hour and a half. Like, it, it's yeah. lean. It moves quick. Mm. But I was reminded in that opening helicopter fight, and don't get me wrong, it's not a knock against Arnold necessarily, but his movies were never really known for, like, amazing chop action. He's just mm-hmm. a big lumbering monster, and it's hard to take him down. The fight in the helicopter is yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. But it's just yeah. big people smacking each other around. He's just launching people across the room in that thing until they drag yeah. him over his seat, and the helicopter tips to one side to tip him out. I don't know why they catch him. Oh, no. He gets caught on something. He gets caught on, like, a... Um, he gets caught. 
a cord like or something. Belt or something, yeah. And then he does that awesome he noise that he always makes, the ah, 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 ah which he makes yeah. for like two thirds of that fight. I don't know what that noise <laughs> is, but I love it. See Arnold Grunt. That's how you know he means it. <laughs> it's a pretty cool dynamic fight scene considering it's in a helicopter, so they're essentially fighting in a phone booth. It's not too bad. Mm. But again, it's just lumbering people taking big 1980s swings at each other. There's no real like martial arts to it. It's not, oh man, I want to replicate that move. It's like we talked about in Bloodsport. It's the emotion of the fight. It's the, why are you attacking these civilians? This is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, he's knocked out and wakes up in prison. And prison labor detail was far more fascinating than the helicopter. Yeah. The giant like, beam he's carrying. Isn't that like reminiscent well, of Commando yeah. with the log, well, <laughs> the tree? Well, and like you let this big mother carry this thing around. Like he could kill someone just with that thing. He's lifted it by himself. Like, <laughs> like it's unbelievable. Well, I couldn't figure out the layers upon layers of different things they had there. So if they have, mm. they have these exploding collars around the necks of all the prisoners. So if you try and leave the area, Boom, we'll detonate the, the collar mm. if you, you know, leave the zone. And they have them there, I guess, uh, doing construction work for them, I guess. They're building stuff. Something. It, it Something. looks like they're building that building. I don't know. But there's also armed guards stationed everywhere, which I don't really understand why they're there. If you already have the, the perfect deterrent, you have neck collar explosions. Mm. If they try and tamper with it, it explodes. If they try and leave the area, it explodes. So you don't really need the armed guards, and really it's just giving the prisoners a way to get weapons? True. Well, the the hilarious thing about the armed guards is specifically they've got prisoners close enough to them to see the code to input to unlock yeah, the right. like, Why are you anywhere near that? Guy? And it's like, a pretty large so code funny. on top of that. It's like not even a small hidden. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you have Arnold and his two, I wanted to say buddies, but they seem to hate him because they all know that he's the butcher of whatever it was called. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the 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 place where all the food riot people Bakers, were. He's the something. I want to call him the Bay Harbor Butcher, but I know that that's Dexter. Yeah, and I want to call him the Butcher of Blaviken, but that's I'm getting my butchers a little bit mixed up here. Yeah, that's. That, but we're gonna stick with that. Geraldton the Butcher of Bay yeah. Harbor, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, Bakersfield. Bakersfield, Butcher of Bakersfield. There we go. See, one hmm. of us remembered. This is why I should probably pull up the facts of the the film. Some <laughs> of the names and places escape our memory. I can't remember the name yeah. of either of his friends, but they know that he no. murdered all these people. And that's where you find out the government has framed him because as the audience, like, what do you mean? He's the butcher of Bakersfield. He tried to stop them from shooting everyone, but everyone blames him. And the the skinny white dude who he's with the glasses, he's obviously going to be our tech geek because that's 1980 speak for yeah. tech geek. So he peeks yeah. over the shoulder of a guard typing in the code for the, the perimeter fence, which... <laughs> Why would you set up the perimeter fence so that you have to cross over it to continue to do the construction? Why not just make the perimeter bigger so that they can do the construction work and the perimeter fence can stay active? It was very strange to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes back to why are the guards on the inside? Well, I have of the layers perimeter. of perimeters. Yes. Why are the guards on the inside typing away as well? Very strange. But I did like the old cliche of, well, we'll start a mock fight. And that'll get the the entire group of prisoners into a riot formation. And that will give us a chance to distract the guards long enough that we can start murdering them. And then we can try and escape. Because his other friend, the uh, the other dude, is like, you know, you could have held back. He's like, I was holding back. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have killed you. <laughs> yeah. Arnold seems to be having a lot of fun in this. This movie, I think, is brief, briefly after Commando. I want to say it's just shortly after Commando. I think that was, what, 86? 
something like that. Commando was definitely before. Yeah, if you think Commando's got one-liners, this well, one's even better. And yeah. this one feels like oh it's following God. up on that because you think about it, Terminator. He doesn't really have one-liners. He has lines that are iconic to us, like "I'll be back." Yeah, but it's not a joke. It's not a one-liner. Most of the the humor in that comes from the way he's saying a line rather than the line itself. Commando, yeah. he's spitting mm-hmm. at one-liners. This movie. Arnold is genuinely funny for good stretches of it. He's he's trying yes. to do the one-liners. <laughs> but yes. he's doing them in a way where it's not like the James Bond, I'm going to say a funny joke when someone dies, though he does do those. It's other jokes he has, like later on when he's trying to escape and he's got the Hawaiian shirt on and he's got that woman as a mm. hostage. She's like, you know, buses make me sick. I'm going to throw up all over you. He goes, go ahead on this shirt. Who'd notice? <laughs> like, <laughs> he's legitimately funny. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a thing later where I think she's like, I should have, I should have taken the trip to Hawaii, and he was like, Well, I had the shirt for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's got a sense of humor that in this that to me is more akin to the kind of one-liners you hear out of Bruce Willis than the stuff I'd normally associate with Arnold, where it's the bad pun after a kill. Yeah. Right. Where she you know, your commando shit. and your predator, <laughs> yeah. that's what he does. You know, the stick around. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. And he has those yeah. in these. Oh, yeah. He's got like, tons of those in these. <laughs> what happened to Buzzsaw? He had to split. He had to split. God. A couple of things that I haven't touched on for the, the prison. Arnold looks really good in a beard. Yeah. And you don't see him too much like that. No. But no. the beard looked awesome on him. Yeah. He looked really cool. He somehow looked scarier. Also, I'm reminded of how inferior I look because Arnold is jacked in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy yeah, man. crap. Yeah, man's you, a walking muscle. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Prime Arnold, and it was just like, right, right. <laughs> that was his thing. He's just this massive human being. It's why, he, again, they, they appropriately set it up. He's the only guy carrying a single iron beam for a building by himself. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't need a machine, no forklift, no crane. He just puts it over his shoulder. <laughs> and I am convinced that and, that's a real beam. <laughs> well, and like the scene when he meets the the girl and he's like, I'm going to ask nicely. And he just rips the bolted workout <laughs> bench out of the ground. Like he's just doing a, a normal curl one hand. Because I'm going to say, please. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I want to point out. Just because I recognize the name when the opening credits were running with their awesome 80s graphics. Steven D'Souza wrote the screenplay for this. Does anyone know what Steven D'Souza has directed? Yeah, the name is got me right so now. So familiar. So he's so responsible familiar. for writing quite a few things in Hollywood. He's he's a pretty known like scriptwriter in Hollywood. He's only directed a few films. One of those films was Street Fighter. Right, that's where the name <laughs> That is. was his first <laughs> feature film that he ever got to direct. Well, I hope it's the only one he ever directed, because it was awful. He was gunning for a directing job, so he took that one because he wanted a directing job. He wanted to direct something. He also wrote the script to that. And I generally like his tongue-in-cheek comedy that he has through things. None of his stuff is usually very serious, but it's always fun. Running Man sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could call Street Fighter fun. <laughs> it is. But, like, this is the guy who wrote Commando, <laughs> who wrote 48 Hours, who helped adapt the book into the film of Die Hard. He's written quite a few things. And he did also write, uh, we haven't watched it yet, but the sequel to Laura Croft's Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, he wrote that. So 
I can't wait to see what he does there. What do you mean yet? Yeah, that's, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> we haven't watched that's it not yet. A feather in a cap. <laughs> <laughs> but I was entertained to go. Oh, here's some of his roots. This is this is the early days of him writing scripts before they handed him a film. Uh, what Bad. seven years later and said, "Make a movie." Yeah, it was awful. I still don't blame him for that. There was a lot of interference and a lot of cocaine. <laughs> not on him. Uh, GCBD. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I love it. But you can tell that the print of him is on there. And to a degree, like I said, that comparison of that almost Bruce Willis kind of humor that's in there. There's a part of me that suspects that's more Steven D'Souza's humor. And Bruce Willis just kind of gelled with it and continued to go with it. Because Arnold's saying the same kind of lines. They're just odd mm-hmm. coming out of him. But they're fun. Sure. Yeah. 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 Either way. You do still have things like, you know, how about a lift as he throws a guy over a ledge and whatnot. And <laughs> yes. the the prison escape, which I got a little bit confused in terms of the, the timeline of what's happening there, because they they keep trying to, like, disable the, the force field or the shield or whatnot so they can get out. Is it that there's a ridiculously long delay to kind of initiate it shutting it down? Or do the guards just keep turning it back on, or is it both? Because I can't tell yes. which one a, they're. Yeah, I can't tell which one they're pushing. A, is it that there's a long there's delay? A guard. Like, I got it, but it's not ready yet. But there's another guard who keeps no. like turning it back on. There's a guard turning it on, and when that guard gets killed, is when he finally turns it off. So I have to assume, for whatever reason, this place has two of those boxes. But why keep one in <laughs> with the both perimeter? Guards in the perimeter, which makes no sense. But the one guard is turning it back on constantly as he's turning it off. It's it's very it's strange. a weird scene. Yeah. Because the the guard also doesn't like he's standing where everyone can see him turning it back on. Like go hide where they can't get to you and keep turning yeah. it back on. It's a funny scene. Either way, it's a pretty decent action scene overall of like, you know, overthrowing the guards and trying to escape. And you do get the one dude who runs a little bit too early and his head just Boom! Pops. Yeah. He's gone. In what is for, considering that movie, that's like one of the least gory things that happened. That yeah. is true. Yet, so I was watching this with Corinne because when she heard that I was going to try and watch this with Parker, she shut that down on me real quick. <laughs> She'd never even seen the film. She's like, "No, Good no, call. no, no, no. Yeah. that's not happening." Good I call. know, I know, and she's right. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be that bad. I was like, "No, Running Man's not that bad." Parker watched The Terminator. You watched Bloodsport. This should be fine. Having watched this film again, I do have to side with her that this was probably mm-hmm. worse than either of those films. Eventually. And the head oh. explosion, yeah. I was still on board going, see, dear, they barely even show it. You you see the explosion, but it's like 50 feet away. It's not that bad. Yeah. But that's the tamest kill in the whole thing. <laughs> it's the tamest kill. And it's someone's head exploding. <laughs> yes. It gets... It gets pretty graphic later, but we'll we'll get yeah. to those. Well, and like, and some of the other game show clips are basically telling you these people died horrible deaths. You don't see them, but they are implying yeah. that they right. died horrible, horrible deaths. <laughs> now, that's the next thing I want to touch on because I found this hysterical. I paused it, rewound it, showed it to Corinne to make sure I was not seeing things. So after he escapes. And Arnold, like, you know, gets out of there. At one point, they cut to the television and they're showing commercials of The Running Man, the most popular show in America right now. But all the clips they're showing are of the movie The Running Man later on in the film. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> They're That's all great. shots of Arnold and his team fighting for their lives. Yeah. But Arnold hasn't gotten there yet. So the commercial <laughs> is psychic. It's messages from I the future. It. Absolutely. Hey, man. Why waste film? So Why waste on the film? one hand, it is laziness. Yes. Repurposing shots later in the film as the commercial right now. <laughs> on the other hand, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? It's that kind of movie. <laughs> but it made me laugh. Yeah. Either way, you have him and his buddies have escaped. And now, you know, they're going to split up and do their own thing. In the background, you can hear on the radio the government talking about report your family members if they're dissenting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you have like strong 1984 vibes, which is going. So this is almost like the action movie version of 1984, which is kind <laughs> of awesome. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. Which I'm perfectly on board with that. And now I want a legitimate 1984 with Arnold. I'd watch it. But old Arnold now. Old Arnold. Great. Yes. Uh, you got to de-age him. That's the thing now. Oh, boy. <laughs> well. Just for flashback. As this movie shows, de-aging and deep fakes and all those things. It was coming. This movie knew. It was ahead of its time. This movie, this movie nailed predicted it. It things that actually yeah. happened within the timeline that it said would, which is kind of amazing, right? I still love the sound effect for the de-aging. That like, like that like <laughs> cheesy, the cheesy mapping sound effect is so good. You've got Arnold on the run now. He goes to, I guess, his brother's place, which they touch on it earlier. And they never bring it up again. Mm-hmm. He was going to hide out at his brother's place. His brother is not there. And now it's uh, Maria Conchita Alonso's character who's like living in there because he mm-hmm. was, I guess it sounds like arrested a month ago. Yeah. So I guess his brother is now captured and he never seems to care about that ever again. Nope. But I did like yeah. when he goes to enter his brother's apartment, not only has the code never been changed <laughs> from one tenant to another. But the code is 445566. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's the equivalent of the Spaceballs luggage code. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> but, like, if you were the new tenant, wouldn't you change that? <laughs> You'd like to think so. You would. Maybe she's got a, an appointment to come have it changed. <laughs> but she doesn't, so Arnold gets in there and then chases her around the room once he's like, why are you in my brother's apartment? And chases her to Jesse Ventura in the background doing an aerobics show. <laughs> yes. Which is awesome. Which was, Which was awesome. amazing. Not just because Jesse Ventura doing aerobics, but it's the way that it would cut to it and everyone's there doing aerobics and he would just jog by, flex, say something <laughs> inspirational, and then <laughs> jog off the screen. Yes. While still flexing. Yeah. He's doing zero aerobics. Like, I love that he's doing zero aerobics. It's just everyone else is doing it with him in the background. Yeah. At one point, the camera is literally upside down for a shot of the aerobics. <laughs> I don't yes. know why. Because why not? Because why not? It's 2017. But every single time he's saying something that kind of, sort of, Makes sense of what's happening in the, like, the little chase that's happening in the apartment. Like, come on, feel the burn. No pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah. And then, as you said, once uh, Arnold has her tied up on the, the weight machine and just the, you're going to help me get out of here. And I'm going to ask really nicely and pulls the thing mm. right up out of the floor. Yeah. He's a strong dude. Well, it's just it. They, they, he's a superhero. He looks like a superhero. Mm-hmm. And the things he does in this movie... He's a superhero, which makes everything he does believable because he's clearly a superhero. 100% a superhero in this. He's Captain America in this. He is ridiculous. But once he escapes and you go to the airport where he's 
with her and they're trying to get out. He's using her as like a secret hostage. One thing that killed me, I've never noticed this before. Corinne pointed it out. So when they're there and you've got like the, the wanted criminal list that's kind of going off in the background of like criminals to look out for. One of them is a picture of a baby. There is a wanted fugitive in the future of the running man. That's amazing. Who is a six month old. Oh my God. I never saw that. What the hell is that? That's hilarious. What did he do? What did he do? Right. I can't wrap my brain around. Why is there a baby who's on the run from the government right now? If they capture that baby, does it end up on the running man? Like there's a lot of questions I have. Do they eat it like a football? (laughs) absolutely fascinating it's there it's just a one-off joke i've never caught that but oh my good no, god no, no i never seen it go back and watch it it's there there's legitimately <laughs> a baby in the wanted files that's funny that's fantastic at this point you have the the cut to the justice department entertainment division yes what the actual goddamn that's the society they live in where the justice department yeah. is not just running the media but they're officially recognized as the entertainment division <laughs> and you've got killian richard dawson's character of the game show on the phone with the attorney general trying to get good criminals in to boost his ratings like, yeah this is a dark future <laughs> or past yeah it's like scouting well i love it because it's all about the ratings it's all right. about the ratings the entire time and I mean, we've talked about Arnold quite a bit because really all the other characters feel relatively incidental. Not that they're bad in it, but you could swap out either of his two buddies. I probably wouldn't notice. Maria Conchita yeah. Alonso, she's good. There might be someone who could be better, but no one could replace Richard Dawson in this as Killian. Yeah, yeah, he's good. No, no, he's fantastic. He's the MVP of this film because you yeah. know Arnold's mm-hmm. going to be good, but. I don't know if you guys watched Family Feud growing up. I did. Oh, yeah. I liked yeah. game shows growing up. And he's such a sweetheart on Family Feud. Yeah. yeah. He is a raging bastard on this movie. He's a prick. And I don't know if it's true or not, but supposedly some crew members say that his real life antics are closer to Killian in terms <laughs> of how funny. he treats staff. I could believe that, yeah. Not maybe, maybe not. I, believe I don't it. know. I could absolutely believe it. Because there's this, there's a thing in the Running Man with the old lady. Like it's a thing I remember. Like when you were a kid watching Richard Dawson, it was cool. But if you watch it now, you're like, it's a little cringe when he's always like, "No, give me a kiss." Yeah, give, give me, me a kiss. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kissing just, uh, like everybody's wives. Like yeah, this he's kissing everybody's woman. wives on the cheek and the yeah, like it's just so creepy. And I was like, eh, okay, but. The early setup for him where he bumps into the janitor mm-hmm. and the janitor apologizes profusely and all, oh, don't worry about it. And then five steps further, he turns to his secretary and goes, if he's mopping the floor when I come in tomorrow, you'll be mopping it from now on. Like, what a <laughs> dick. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to remember the thing. He did. And he doesn't get any better from there. He becomes no. worse no. and worse as it goes on. Yes. He's deplorable and it's great. But he's endlessly entertaining he is relishing the fact that he gets to play a villain on screen richard dawson was yes. having a ball in this oh, film. for sure absolutely he's and so what was awesome fun. about it is once he hears the ratings he's getting 
he doesn't care that the Slayers are dying. Yeah, he's no. like, this is great TV. This is fantastic. Yep. Oh, I love when he's on the phone and the Attorney General is complaining to him that Slayers are dying. He goes, it's a contact sport. You knew this is going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But have you seen yeah. the ratings? We're up eight points. This has never <laughs> happened before. Yeah. <laughs> you can get new Slayers. Yeah, you can always get new Slayers. Like, Suckers. Holy crap. He's unreal slayers stalkers whatever stalkers. murderers <laughs> and then you have the climbing for dollars again we've mentioned it before the commercial for that where you've got a dude climbing up a rope while there's angry hungry dobermans underneath him trying to eat him <laughs> and as he's climbing he's trying to grab money and stuff it in his pocket and as if that's not unfair and scary enough he gets halfway up and a thing of gas shoots him right in the face and <laughs> yeah. he falls to yes. his death these yes. games are beyond rigged. That's oh, messed yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. But you have that, and then you have like dancers in the background that are doing like the MC Hammer dance before I think MC Hammer was a thing. <laughs> and there are long dance sequences in this, and they're not even bad. They're very yes. 80s, oh, yeah. but they're not bad. Yes. Like they've got, you know, moves and whatnot. Yeah. When this I was looking at the. <laughs> well, when I looked up the production info on this, while she's not on set, the person who did all the choreography for the dances is Paula Abdul. Oh, no, really? She actually no. choreographed all of the, the dance sequences. That's funny. So she was the one kind of leading the crew. And they do look like the kind of moves that she does in music videos. It's just not mm-hmm. her because wow. she's a bigger name at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. So huh. there's a lot of talent behind this movie. <laughs> that said, the dance yeah. sequences go on for a long time at moments. In the, for a film that's like 90 some odd minutes... Eight minutes of it is dancing. <laughs> and I don't know if there's another Arnold film out there with eight minutes of dancing. It's pretty strange. I'm going to say no. Probably I'm going to go out on a limb and say oh, no. Another thing that this, as far as I'm concerned, uh, wasn't too far off the mark. At one point, someone uh, comments, $6 for a Coke? We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Inflation is a real thing, and we're not that far off from a $6 can of Coke. Nope. It's a little oh worrying. but Arnold does get picked up at the airport. He runs. He doesn't hurt anybody. He ditches her after threatening to snap her head like a chicken. (laughs) He's funny and yet kind of scary, but he runs down that empty runway and I don't know where he plans on going. (laughs) He's got nowhere to go, no cover, nothing, but man, can he move? He is hoofing it until they shoot him with the net gun. And then, ah, and he's caught. I gotta say, for whatever reason, I don't know why, of all the things that happened in this, I was so impressed with that stunt because it looked like they really shot Arnold with a net gun while he was running. And I'm just like, okay. It, does. <laughs> it looks, for all we know, they looks, really they did. did. Real. Yeah. Ah, that's what I mean. And it's like, you're risking him having a bad fall and missing, like, breaking an arm and being out of production. But all right, it's the 80s. Let's do it. <laughs> but I like that he gets caught. And we'll get into him getting roped into the show. But after he's designated, he's going to be on the show. And Rita Conchita Alonso's character is talking to one of her co-workers because she happens to work at ICS. And she hears about the massacre at the airport. Multiple security guards shot. She's like, that, that's not what happened. He wasn't armed. I was yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. And starts to realize that the government might be full of crap. That's one thing. Yeah. But the thing that stood out to both me and Corinne was her coworker 
when Arnold gets walked oh, by yes. her and that death stare that he gives her and she's like, look at him. He could do anything he wants. He could have killed you or raped or you, raped you or raped you and then killed you <laughs> or killed you and then raped you. Like what is wrong with her? Because when she says well, it, she doesn't seem scared. Her blonde no. coworker seems into it. And that's not yeah. normal. Yes. yes. She seems like she's getting worked up about this. Yeah. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's a really weird take. And I don't know if the actress just yes. ran with that or the director called for that. But, man, it's a weird take. Well, I feel like the director called for it to some degree because it does highlight when you see the light bulb go on for her character. She's like, yeah, you're right. He could have. At any point right. in time, if he was as terrible as they say he is, he could have done any of these things to me. Mm-hmm. And he never did. So... And it also kind of shows the state of mind of the public. They've yeah. been watching this weird gladiatorial death show for so long that not very many of them are normal anymore. They're all amped up and a little bit screwed yeah. up. Yeah. And you see that more as you kind of see the, the way that they revere the stalkers and how bloodthirsty the audience gets and it reaches a tipping point. But man, it's uncomfortable to see what society's becoming. Mm-hmm. But. I don't want to skip over the awesomeness of Arnold meeting Killian for the first time and getting roped into the show. I don't know why, but I enjoy the trope where the hero and the villain have a face-off where the hero doesn't have an opportunity to strike at the villain like your glass wall between them. Yeah. I enjoy that stuff. Yes. yes. And when you have that happen between them because Arnold's been captured and he's in his little interrogation room... And when it opens up and you've got Killian looking at him, just the sweetheart, one of us is in deep trouble right now. <laughs> yeah, he's MVP. Awesome. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, he's just oozing negative evil charisma. And he's yeah. so much fun to watch in it. And the idea of him roping in Arnold to volunteer, because since he's a military prisoner, they don't have access to them for the game show. Just normal prisoners. So he has to volunteer or he can't have them. And he wants them. So he's also got his two buddies and says, well, if you won't do the game show, I have no choice. I have to throw somebody on for tonight. I guess it'll be Mm -hmm. them. And that gets Arnold to sign. And boy, does he ever sign. Does he sign? (laughs) (laughs) He signs it, but it's how he dots it. (laughs) Oh, how he dots the eye on that. And it's one of those things where on the one hand, it's kind of a dick move, but it isn't. You have the annoying little, like, pencil-pushing bureaucrat who's kind of talking down to him about, you know, I need you to sign this paperwork and you're gonna not going to make it and, you know, you're a stupid prisoner. And when Arnold's looking for somewhere to sign the contract and just, uh, here, whatever, use my back, you stupid pleb. And when he signs it and stabs the contract <laughs> with the pen into his back. And he can't reach the it. The guy had it coming. He was being yeah. a dick that whole time. Yep. And again... Because Arnold's a superhero, he can stab through a contract, through a suit, into a guy's back Yep, effortlessly. Effortlessly, because he's a superhero. I guess. The comic expression on that guy's face and him, like, twisting his arm back he behind him as it. he, like, basically shuffles yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. It's Looney Tunes level, and it's great. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. But Arnold's on the show now. He's going to be on there and to get the audience ready to whet their appetite for watching Arnold die. They show the butcher edit. We have live foot. Well, not live, but we have footage of the 
Bakersfield Butcher doing what he did on that riot. And to their credit, that is all footage from the actual opening, but they've shuffled yes. things around and re-edited it so that it looks like he's the one murdering all the civilians. Yeah. And little touches like, what was it, like the woman who's, you know, crying and screaming out and there's like a burnt up teddy bear across from her on the ground. Entire buildings are getting blown up. If this is what the government did, why? There's a riot happening in the middle of the why? square and they're blowing up yeah. buildings around it. So there's a riot outside yeah. my apartment building, and because I didn't go out there, you blew up my apartment? What is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. It's like they're just going for the high score. What the hell? Yeah. No questions will be asked in the making of this movie. Right. <laughs> so they show that, and now obviously the audience wants him dead. And they lead him on there in what looks like prison garb. Drab-looking mm-hmm. like prison that. garb. Yeah. And the dancers are dancing around him and doing their Paula Abdul thing. And then they strip it off of him in a moment. And he is wearing that orange, yellow, skin tight costume with just his name emblazoned along the upper left corner. So a couple of quick questions. They got him at the last minute. They wanted someone for their show that night. They got his dimensions ready real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that had to be a custom job because not everybody's Arnold's size. No. No. Although. They look good on him. Man looks jacked. They're slayers. There's, their slayers are pretty big dudes. So maybe they had those. Maybe. Maybe they just got a whole maybe bunch of those kicking just... around. But I'm amazed yeah, at how know. fast they can have a skin tight costume ready for anyone who shows up. <laughs> right. And then they lead him to that. I don't know how to describe the shuttle. I guess shuttle works, but it's not quite. Mm-hmm. The the weird little like single-person shuttle that they put someone into to go into the running man. And granted, what was it? Like hours before, they've injected him with some sort of cocktail that's going to make him groggy and off-kilter. So again, they're cheating. They don't want anyone to win. They've drugged him up, so he's all disoriented to begin with. And then they mm-hmm. strap him down to this thing. And how fast does it move when it launches him down there it's like a rocket it looks fun it looks fun it does look like a fun trip except for there is one shot and they do it with every single person that gets fired down in this thing where it's coming towards the camera and i don't know if it's a matter of a mirror showing them going by or if they literally are doing a 160 degree turn (laughs) that would snap your neck at that speed (laughs) yeah 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 they get launched down this thing going like Mach 1, and at the end is a net that'll catch you. So, fine, you don't skid off into nowhere, but you come to a sudden stop. How are you not dead? Yeah. Yeah, you should be very dead. Or at least knocked out. For How are you not just paced? <laughs> yes. It, it launches you as fast as is humanly possible. It accomplishes what they <laughs> want, which is you are drugged up, you are disoriented, you have had your adrenaline spiked early, so by the time you go to fight, you are at an absolute disadvantage. But before we get to any of that, you see how much of a bastard Killian is, because even with Arnold agreeing, he's like, but you know what? He can't go alone. We've got his two friends here to help him out, and they're both going down. And Arnold looks furious. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you son and of a bitch. he hits with an I'll be back. Yeah. I, and I yes. love that he hits him So with an is I'll this the back. first film that he threw out I'll be back since The Terminator? Yes. Because I, I don't would, remember I him so. saying it in Predator. No. And I don't think he says it in Commando. No. 
I think it's it's at the point where that that saying was so iconic. He's taking it out for a spin to see. Yeah, if he's he can memeing use himself at this movie. point. Yeah, yeah, he's memeing but himself. I do enjoy when just the Killian and just the I'll be back. And Mark, what is Killian's response? <laughs> Only in reruns. <laughs> How awesome it. is that retort? So amazing. <laughs> Because it shows the best like, rhetoric. how badass both of them are. Because they say it yes. quietly to each other. The audience has no idea what they're saying. But it's like <laughs> yeah. he drops his guard in front of the audience and shows how much of a bastard he is for a brief moment in front of Arnold. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. And now it's we get fantastic. into a legitimate fight. I apologize for how long we've held off on this for anyone listening. We've run longer than the film's runtime because it's only about half an hour into the film. <laughs> Yeah. But the audience gets to choose who the Slayer will be. And a member in the crowd gets to vote on which stalker like is going to right. go down. down. Yeah. And they choose Sub-Zero. And I don't know if there's racial stereotypes happening or not in this portrayal. I can't figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> there's a mix of things happening there. But we'll ignore all of those and just focus on the hockey aesthetic that he has. Mm. With that very sharp hockey stick. Yeah. He look, is yes. like I'm not huge into hockey, but he looks like he's designed to be a goalie. Is he a yes. goalie? Yes, correct. He's weird choice for an offensive yes. stalker to choose the goalie. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty weird. But he's the most armored. So. I, I think it was to justify the gear. I guess. Yeah. But him chopping the the Chinese gong in half. There's some <laughs> there's some offside yeah. things happening. It was yeah. the 80s. You have the the biker gangs that like hoot and holler and poke the the contestants into that arena, and they're fighting in a hockey rink on the mm. ice. Yeah, but they have no skates. <laughs> yeah, complete disadvantage. <laughs> so they're facing Sub Zero, a gigantic looking Asian guy who's got a massive razor sharp hockey blade, exploding hockey pucks. Yes. I love those. A hockey net that will close on you as soon as you land in it and, like, keep you in place so it can kill you later and barbed wire along the outside of the hockey rink. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's how it should be. And yeah. this is our starting stalker. This is number be. one. That's how hockey should be. Yeah. <laughs> Exploding fucks. Like, Let's take it a little more serious. It's a good action sequence because, really, you can't fight the dude. All you can do is run and wait for an opportunity. And they're, they're, they're so creative, both in what the Slayer's themes are and how that plays out, and also in how Arnold solves killing a lot of them. Like Yes. The this bar, one the barbed wire fun. is awesome. Because it is graphic. He's what he knocks aside the one dude, hockey shoots the other one into the net so it closes in on him. He's firing off exploding hockey pucks at them. And when Arnold gets out of his line of view for a second, grabs the barbed wire and yanks it off to create a garret that this guy will now skate through, wraps it around his neck like three times and just starts pulling. And blood goes everywhere. At one point, you hear the equivalent of the sound of a neck snap, but he's pulling on him with barbed wire. What does he snap? (laughs) <laughs> like, does he still snap? Like, is there so much pressure being applied that he still snaps his neck? Awesome. Oh, yes. my God. You're forgetting. He's a superhero. You're yes. forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> and then my single favorite 
I don't care what anyone says. My favorite line of Arnold of any film ever because it's not clever, but it's amazing. When he he murders Sub-Zero, looks at the camera so the audience at home can see, here is Sub-Zero, now plain Zero, and walks (laughs) away. It's not even good, but it's good. It's It's the best line (laughs) he's ever had. It's the pinnacle of Arnold. It's because the way he's delivering it, you're waiting for this epic awesome line and it's so stupid it's still epic that's the thing it loops around it goes beyond bad and becomes the single best thing he's ever seen on cinema fight me on it i'll die on this hill Uh, it's the greatest line of arnold now i'm I'm gonna let you die alone on that hill it's terrible Uh, no i'll I'll be with you nick that's a good one oh i love it he said smarter things but that one's my favorite because he says it with such conviction it is great It's at least the best line in this movie. At least. Plain zero. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. But yeah. the first time the audience sees a stalker die. And oh man, the reverence, the sadness. No one can yeah. believe it can happen. Yeah. Which only confuses me because when they start this off, they talk about the only three dudes to ever win last season's winners. Where it's like, was it Ahmed? Joe Smith and no Joe who cares what their names are and it shows them on a tropical island because they won they you know like they beat the game they didn't kill anybody is the objective just like escape I think it's I think it is they're told you have three hours so I'm assuming it's just get to the end of the gauntlet in three hours it it is yeah yes so they don't technically have to kill the the stalkers and I think that's where the confusion sits in for the audience the objective isn't to kill the stalkers so the fact that someone's fighting back blows their minds yeah 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 because again at the beginning he's like you got however many hours three hours yeah to get from point a to point b that's that's the game you get yeah. point a to point b and the stalkers stop you except in arnold's case because he's a except superhero. in arnold's case they're a mild inconvenience though <laughs> <laughs> yes. so i will give credit compared to some other arnold films he does genuinely look like he's in peril. Like he seems worried whenever one of these guys comes out. He's not like, oh, here's another chump I have to kill. He's concerned when he sees them come out. He actually looks like he's fighting for yeah. his life. Yeah. Until well, Dynamo. He does not seem to be afraid of Dynamo at all. No. Christmas tree. Well, I'll say this though. <laughs> like, and I can't remember a lot of other Arnold movies where they throw as many people his size at him. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's fighting like, some monsters. Normally there might be there might be one big bad or one thing that's like big enough to take him on, but not not like five guys. There aren't yeah. five guys <laughs> the size of Arnold running around as his villains. And this is the first movie that actually has that. Even Killian's security guard could probably do a good yeah. do a good round with Your, him. You could fight him. Whatever that guy's name is. Well, yeah. yeah, he's a big dude. Oh, he's Stephen. From, uh <laughs> Stefan. Is that you know Stefan? I thought I took too many steroids. That he's not. That's amazing. Uh, the only one he's not afraid of is the next one that gets voted in, Dynamo, who made Corinne yes. do a double take. I did not warn her that he's a legit opera singer in real life. <laughs> so when Dynamo shows up and just oh, and starts like lighting up his electricity, oh my she God. like stares at the screen and looks at me like, did we change films? <laughs> I... I just appreciate clap if you love Dynamo. Of, so of good. all the of all the pretty awesome things, his 
outfit ages the least. <laughs> like yes. it's, oh it god, does not, it doesn't age well. Yeah, his light he, the light armor, up mohawk on it does, is what so, like it solidifies it for me. The light it's up so mohawk oh with the fat suit with like lights all over it. I don't know how he manages yes. to catch. He's the only one who gets a vehicle because you know he's not winning a foot <laughs> pursuit. Well, that's not true. Buzzsaw gets a ch- uh, a motorcycle, yes. I guess. Oh, yeah. But Dynamo yeah. needs his little go kart to catch people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he's never intimidating to Arnold and his crew. Even though he actually no. manages to murder one. Yeah, he kills the skinny yeah, dude with the glasses. Guy. But yep. still, no one takes him seriously. He's also maybe the most offside moment where I was like, oh, yeah, Parker can't watch this. Because he tries not once, but twice to rape yeah, Rita to... Conchita Alonso's character. Twice. Yeah. Dude, yeah. just stop. Just. Yeah. He, it, like, it, it, is this something that's happened on the vibes. game show before? Was the audience yeah. into it then? Like, these are questions I have. Yeah. It's worrying. But. Mm-hmm. This, this is why our, we're not really showing that one to Parker in the household just yet. This movie goes a little offside a few times. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And, of course, Marina Cachino Alonso's character, she's now tried to, like, dig into the records at work and finds the real copy of the, the Bakersfield butchery that shows that Arnold did not do it. And they make the joke later about where it was stored. But you watch yes. that scene, and you can tell where she shoves that microfilm. <laughs> Hundred percent, you can tell where she hides it because, as she says later, women have more hiding places than men. Yeah, yeah. What a subtle film. Yeah, yeah. Don't show but it to the kids, folks. Don't show. It I to love the kids. that she gets caught, and rather than deal with her just quickly, like you know, whatever, arrest her, murder her, whatever the government wants to do. No, let's throw her into the game show too. Whoop! And they've got a yeah. skin tight costume ready for her as well because man, they've got one for everybody. Well, and make and sure everybody she- knows that she cheated on yeah. her high school test. Oh my god! And she cheated <laughs> on her fake history. The trumped up, <laughs> the fake trumped up history is the best part of her going in. It's the best. And then talking about how you know her and and Arnold became lovers and you know yeah. broke the law together and like wow. She had three lovers in one the, year. None of that's even true. I didn't do yes. any of those things. She had three she, lovers in one year. That yeah. was, oh, God. <laughs> the things she's accused of are hilarious. Oh, man. But she gets tossed down there, and now this is uh, the, the subplot that exists but doesn't need to about the, the signal <sighs> happening inside the game that is what the government, I guess, is using to control all media. And the skinny dude with the glasses is like, I can shut that down. We can we can unplug it and then boot up our stuff and send it a message. And if Arnold's like, no, 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 we have to get to the end of this. I don't care about your stupid yes. mission. He's like, yes. I'm going to unplug your ass. Let's go. And I don't know what that means either. I'm going to unplug your ass. What? And, and again, it's not long after his... Sub Zero is just plain zero line. You're like, ooh, yeah, the dialogue in this is not great. <laughs> but it is because when he said it, no. I started laughing. No, it was it's great. Ridiculous. But before they have it's a ridiculous. chance to do that, Buzzsaw and Dynamo are both coming at him, and Buzzsaw is arguably the one dude that's probably bigger than Arnold yeah. in this. Yeah, yeah, he the is big a guy, big, man. crazy looking dude. Yeah, yeah. Like when he's fighting him with the chainsaw, Arnold's losing for a moment, and you're yeah. like, "Whoa!" He's done some super heroic things, and he's losing to this guy. 
a dude flying at them on a motorcycle wielding a chainsaw. So, I mean, that's basically a video game character if I've ever seen one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who has Most eyes that look guy. like he did all the cocaine before he stepped on set. Yes. And he's pretty tough. And what was it? The, um, he's got like the chain and the chainsaw and he's whipping around. And again, Arnold being clever gets a hold of, what was it? The, the chain puts it onto the motorcycle and then attaches it to, uh, like, what was it? A cinder block or something that's on one of the support yeah. beams and yanks that guy off the motorcycle so they can go toe to toe. And it seems like a great idea till the guy is stronger than Arnold <laughs> and almost yes. puts a chainsaw on his face. Yeah. Yeah. Until Arnold headbutts him like a champ and then <laughs> moves that chainsaw between the guy's <laughs> legs. Yeah. And it's that split second moment where the guy looks down and realizes that this is going to go where it's going to go. And Arnold yeah. just starts pulling it up. Yeah. The guy sings higher than Dynamo. He becomes an yeah. opera singer and it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a rough, <laughs> gruesome death. Oh my God. And it's reminiscent of Scarface. You don't see the chainsaw hitting anything. It is off screen. No, you see mm-hmm. the guy's expression as he's doing the, and like freaking out and then gurgling. And you see blood going everywhere from below the camera, but you don't see it. And yet somehow mm. it is graphically violent. But you feel it. <laughs> you feel oh, it. Oh, you feel it. <laughs> Made you felt it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, when they ask where that guy is, he had to split. <laughs> yeah. Where's Buster? Yes. <laughs> His lines are awesome. Which is this. better. Amazing. That's a better line than snow total zero. I disagree. Please, but they are now down by one because non-geek dude, the black guy, he got stabbed in the chest with a chainsaw and lives just long enough to give a whole speech about how you you got to do the tower thing and you've got to get the public mm. to know. And I'm just going to rest here for a minute. I think he actually says, "I'm just going to rest here for a minute," and then he dies, does. and then immediately dies. Yes, <laughs> it's the only emotional part in the whole film. It actually is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny. Like, you don't get a lot of time with his buddies, but they're just likable enough that you do care when they die. Well, at least that one. The guy with the glasses, like, he he gets nothing. He gets zapped by Dynamo, and he's just dead on the ground, and that's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He didn't get much, unfortunately. But bad gear. Back at the audience, Running Man the board game is handed out. And Corinne and I had questions. How does that work exactly? I don't know. Like, I like, I wish I knew. Is it just the pieces? Do you have to act stuff out? Like, do you got to punch your sister in the face during this thing? Like, how does it go? <laughs> That's how that baby got on the wanted list. Probably <laughs> <one>. <laughs> but the crowd is so bloodthirsty because you have Buzzsaw's been murdered. Dynamo and his dune buggy is chasing after them. And you have Arnold with his follow me Christmas tree as he runs away. Which <laughs> hey, light bulb. Killed me. Ah. Hey, light bulb over here. Oh, and God. I don't understand the stupidity of Dynamo. Yes. Yeah. When he's chasing after them and there's like ma- like mountains of garbage and like refuse mm. and Arnold starts climbing up one. He's on all fours climbing up. He's a person. If he's having trouble mountain climbing this thing. Why Dynamo decides to just launch himself up it like a ramp, like he's going to run over Arnold, and instead just flips his little dune buggy and falls over. I don't know what his plan was. Especially when he can shoot lightning out of his hands. Yeah, I don't get it. But 
But I do love when he's pinned, he's like, cut the commercial, cut the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh. Arnold walking up and he's got that, you know, that big steel pipe and he's going to stab him. And the audience starts chanting for kill Arnold. Him. They uh, kill yeah. him, kill him. Mm. What is, I feel like such a fool. What is his character in this? I've said Arnold so many times. Um, Oh, what God. is his name? It's uh, Ben oh. Richards. Such a simple, yeah. normal-sounding yeah. name. They start, you know, screaming for Richards and kill him. And the fact that they start booing when he drops the steel pipe and doesn't kill yeah. Dynamo, that's kind of chilling. Yeah, because this crowd is fickle. They don't care who wins between the stalkers. They and just want to see somebody get murdered. Yeah, they just care that someone dies. That just goes right back to the medieval, medieval ages, right? Like yeah. people show up to hangings or whatever. They don't care if the person's innocent or not. They just want to see yeah. the torture. It reminds me of the, <laughs> are the you not loss, entertained? Yeah. Like that's what that yeah. was. That's exactly. It. Yeah. So the pretty scary, loss. right? And you know what? The world is still going to be like that, man. There's people that would show up just to watch stuff like that. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it shows again the it shows the audience the true character of Ben Richards, of Arnold's character. This guy's unarmed, he's pinned, he's not going to kill him. That's not the kind of yeah. person that he is. So why are you believing the story of the Bakersfield Butcher? Come on, wake up, people. Yeah. And then I think the next one is Fireball gets summoned in. Yeah. And I don't Fireball. know why Fireball's still there. Fireball looks out of shape. Okay, so Fireball looks like one of those guys who might have retired a little or something. Yeah. Like, during... All of this, he's watching the show with a harem of women, and at yeah. one point, he's all she's fully dressed, and when it's his turn, all of a sudden, his shirt's undone. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What happened <laughs> in between scenes?" Well, when he takes his shirt off, I'm in better shape than this dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> this guy does not look like he should be going to fight Arnold. Now, granted, he has a lot of well, technology to back him up. He's got a jetpack yeah. and a flamethrower, but yeah, this dude is late 50s he is gray at the temples and he's got at least 40 pounds on that gut and this isn't a fat shaming thing look we're all different shapes and sizes but if you're in that kind of shape if you're like dad bod going on granddad bod don't fight arnold yeah <laughs> he just murdered sub-zero I... and buzzsaw what are you gonna do buddy you see it's funny you say that because to me he was the most threatening guy he has a flamethrower. Uh, he turns out to be because of his technology. Yeah. He, he's got a leg up there. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's he's terrifying. Like he, yeah. he's the Fury he, he, from he, Metal Gear Snake Eater. That's what he is. Yeah. He's the Fury. <laughs> yeah, he's terrifying, man. Because not only does he have a flamethrower, he seems to somehow be immune to flames. And I don't question the yes. suit being designed to be immune to flames, but his <laughs> yes. face is exposed. Is, yeah. So yes. when Arnold throws a barrel of like gasoline at him, and it detonates, and the guy just walks through it. His face should melt. <laughs> hmm. But whatever, it's fine. I do like, yes. though, while he's getting prepared and getting suited up, the sad dance number that the girls are doing. They're where it's doing like, the, the memorial. Let's take a moment that, to remember yeah. Buzzsaw, Sub-Zero. Sub-Zero. It's like Dino a dance injured. funeral. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird because they're still doing sexy dance moves, but with sad looking yes. faces. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? It's one of those things where I really appreciated that in the, sh in, in the movie because I was like, you know what? If this was a reality talk show, 
and someone on the show died. It's absolutely what would happen. A performance <laughs> piece in, tri- in tribute to these murderers would happen. <laughs> like it's just so real. Yeah, it but fits it's their amazing. World. And most of the fight with Fireball is let's run for our lives. Dude has a jetpack yeah. and a flamethrower. We can't get close enough to hit him. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. It's actually a true run for your life fight, whereas most of them, Arnold tries to find ways to get in there. Yeah. But when they get split up, because it's Arnold and the girl there, when the two of them get mm-hmm. split up and she stumbles across the the previous mm-hmm. winners. When Amber, that's her name in the film, when Maria Conchito Alonso, Amber. when Amber Mendez stumbles across last year's winners and goes, oh, my God, last year's winners. And Fireball comes in and goes, no, last year's losers because they are all burnt to a crisp and just left there. So last year and their burnt corpses are just hanging around still <laughs> in the middle of the game show, like on set. I got one question before Arnold drops out of the rafters like a, a monster at a Willy's Wonderland. I got one question. Yes. Is the audience still watching? That was my question, too. Because if they are, I, did yeah. they not just see that those guys are dead? Yeah. They don't show that. It looks like they went to somewhere off camera, almost. It feels like I was it. like, what is, what is happening here? Or is this just happening at the same time as the funeral? Maybe. Because that yeah. means that they didn't get to see the fireball fight, and they didn't get to see fireball die, either. That's right. Because, like I said, no. Arnold, who apparently was hiding, they got split up. But he managed to find her and hide in the rafters of that locker room (laughs) so that when Fireball comes in to kill her, Arnold could drop down from the ceiling, pull the tube off of his uh, fuel line line, and then throw a flare at him so it would detonate because I guess flares are also dynamite. I don't like it's not like it touches something and then ignites. The guy just throws up his hands in front of him like, oh, God, and then explodes. So apparently that flare was explosive. I guess. And he's not immune to that fire. <laughs> no, the second that the, the tube on the fuel line is pulled, he's lost his immunity like it was a magic spell. I mm, yeah. None of it really makes sense to me, but I don't care. No. Because he says, how about a light before he throws him the fuse? How about a light? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just full Arnold, and it is awesome. Yes. But like... You've never had a stalker die, and now four are down in one show. Yes. I don't care what your ratings are. It's time to panic. Or at least go to mid-season break. (laughs) But Killian doesn't panic. Killian calls him and offers him a job. As a stalker. Great. That is a shining moment of Killian when he calls up and says, the audience can't hear us right now. It's just you and me, sweetheart. And you know what? You got talent, and I can always recognize talent, and I shouldn't waste it. So tell (laughs) you what, how would you like to do this for a living? How about we make you a stalker? That is a scary moment for him because the temptation of that feels pretty strong. Yeah. I don't think I'd turn that offer down considering how things have been going. (laughs) I'd probably say, yeah, get me out of this crazy train. I'll kill whoever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Arnold's response, whole my good God. <laughs> yes. Ripping the camera down. Oh, or, this little freak out. Yeah, like... I got for you. I'm going to put my hand so far up your ass. Yeah, like... <laughs> he... I can't even remember all the, the nonsense that he spews at him. 
but he's like, I'm going to shove my, yes. that's what it was. I'm going to shove my fist down your throat and so far so I can rip out your goddamn spine. Like, wow. And that's because he just finished making Predator. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he's intimidating in that moment. He oh, is yeah. And it's the first time. Killian looks afraid. He's like, yeah, that's what it was. I'm going to make you eat that contract, but I hope you save room for my fist because I'm going to shove it down your throat and rip out your goddamn spine. <laughs> the way he says spine. He's yes. so awesome in that moment. It's really yes. powerful stuff. But now you're down to Jesse Ventura. That's it. Mm-hmm. Who they want to throw a bunch of like, I don't even know how that stuff worked. The robotic arm they want to put on <laughs> like tin, like a tin it arm looked- with no movement. And it looked like a washing machine for body armor. He's like, I'm not fighting with oh, this crap on me. I was laughing so hard when he walks out and he literally just shakes it off of himself. Like that's how yeah. secure this year was. Oh my God. I, I don't understand how that stuff was going to help him at all. He would have been better off no. just going in toe to toe. So now we have our last fight, but neither of the participants end up in the fight because Jesse Ventura storms off. Which sucks because I wanted to see a Jesse versus right. Arnold fight. Well, and Arnold I has mean, gone missing. They don't know where he went. Yes. <laughs> they lost him with a subplot. Yeah. And you see a fight. It's just not. Uh, yeah, sure. I guess you do see the fight. <laughs> you see a fight. It's not the real fight. Yeah. So it's not Ben Richards and Captain Jesse. Jesse. But it is Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger grappling in an old school like wrestling match where it's in an arena and they're grappling and punching and kicking only instead of a cage match. It is spiked walls and barbed wires. Yes. Barbed wire. Barbed wire. And I I love the idea of we're just going to throw other people in there. Just stuntmen. Deep fake Ben Richards and Captain Amazo's faces onto them. So it looks like them. And just have them fight to the death. And they even toss Amber Mendez down there. And she's there for like, what, three seconds before Jesse Ventura yes. just snaps her neck and moves on. Yeah. Like, yes. she's not even a part of the fight. She's yeah. just there as the equivalent of the double dragon. Oh, killed your girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and while in the story, it's not them. It is kind of fun to see the two of them grappling on screen. And it's weird to see Arnold lose. Yeah. Yeah. And cool. It's one of the only times, I mean, obviously the Terminator is the big one, but outside of Terminator, you don't see Arnold lose a fight very often. No. I wish I had wished in this film, they showed you that they deep faked it after though. Yeah. Yes. Because you're watching the fight going, well, they, I know they're, they've already played it's around with this, real. but if they yeah. had made it seem like Jesse came down and did all that, we would have been like, whoa, what the hell? Whoa, what the hell? <laughs> that would have been yeah. a good upset. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. You kind of get a peek behind the curtain before they toss them down there. Right. But I do like that when fake Jesse throws fake Arnold into the wall of spikes and they go graphically through him. Yeah. You mm-hmm. have one of the aides that are working out going, Jesus, Killian, we didn't have to kill the stunt double. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, yes. well, crazy. got to make it believable. <laughs> go, yeah. That's just showbiz, baby. Baby, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Because Killian is evil yes and now of course arnold knows they can't be let out alive because the public thinks he's dead so they take Mm -hmm. over the signal show the real footage of what happened mixed with the real footage of the corpses of last year's winners and basically show the audience who they've been rooting for this whole time that killian is evil 
And then the rebel force busts in and I don't know why, but the security force and military force of ICS open fire on the crowd instead of the rebels. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. Women, children, whatever. That's what At they do. At one point, right there. there's a woman running for her life and there's no one between her and a rebel. And one of the security forces just guns her down. Yes. I can only assume the philosophy is, well, we better kill everybody here because they saw the truth. But it got broadcast. Everyone saw the truth. Again, they don't explain. It's women, children, whatever. Every man for himself. It's really weird. But it's absolute bedlam. Most of the body count for this film happens in that last five minutes. And it's mostly civilians. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. They mow them down. But absolute carnage. Everyone goes running off of there. Dynamo tries his second attempt at raping Amber Mendez, and she electrocutes him with the sprinkler system. Yeah. Showing he has some severe issues with his whole getup. If a light rain is enough to kill you, your stalker uniform is flawed. (laughs) Yes. It's not insulated at all. (laughs) No. But the visual of him is full outfit from the waist up, but stained tidy whities from the waist down. Uh, I will never lose that image. Disturbing. That will haunt me for the rest of my days. You know, it's funny. I had forgotten that image until I saw it again. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Oh, I didn't think that happened. But yeah. it gives her a hero moment. She doesn't need someone to mm-hmm. save her. Arnold doesn't bust in and save her from Dynamo. She messes up Dynamo. Good for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was refreshing yeah. to see. And then you have your last confrontation between Killian and Ben Richards. And they could not have handled that better, in my opinion. It is a perfect final confrontation. Yeah. Starting with, hello, sweetheart. One of us is in deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold knows comedy. Is, he knows yeah, comedic and, timing. <laughs> and that's his best line in the movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And the idea of, like, he straps Killian into that same little, like, Mach 1 shuttle. And then mm-hmm. fires him off in it, saying, I'm going to give the audience what I think they want. What I don't understand is, why is the safety net missing at the bottom? How did Arnold arrange that, where he's just going to go flying and slam into the billboard sign? <laughs> Do they just take that thing down at a certain point in the day? Well, I think th- there's probably like a, you know, there's one there for everybody. And then they weren't sending another person down. So they set one up. <laughs> yeah. Just seems like safety protocols got ignored there. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm pretty confident that when that thing fires off and sends Killian down there, he should have died of a heart attack halfway down. (laughs) He is a 60-year-old man going Mach 1 with a 160-degree turn at one point. He should be nothing but dust by the time he reaches the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, as soon as he hits the... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, what's so funny is I thought they were actually like... I don't know why, because I forgot this, that he, he launched him into a billboard. I thought he was shooting him down there, that the crowd would rip him up. Like That's that would have been good. Too, originally. Yeah. That would have been good. Instead, he launches him into a billboard of whatever cola brand he's selling. And of course, yes. in true Arnold fashion, when he hits the billboard and explodes, <laughs> that hit the spot. <laughs> oh, that hit the spot. <laughs> oh, God. And then you have the equivalent of a teenage boy's idea of what romance is because Amber Mendez shows up. It's just Arnold and just her in that game show room. Everyone else is abandoned and they have a kiss because that's what sex is. If you're a kid, apparently 
There is no real romance between the two of them. It's almost an adversarial None. relationship up to that point. And yes. then, nope, we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. Yes. And then you have, like, the, the public, because they keep cutting to the public outside in the the desolated future that looks like the LA riots where they're watching everything on that big screen where they went from mm. like betting on and voting for the stalkers to like betting on Richards mm. and everyone's just staring at it in awe. Like, are we doing the revolution now? Like we know the truth. Are we, yes. are we going to fight back? Yeah. Are we not? And I want to know what happens the day after in this world. Yeah. I was hoping yeah. those guys were going to take bets on the revolution, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie just ends. It's just like, that's yep. it. Just dense. There is zero resolution to yep. will yep. this change the established order. It's yep. weird to have that subplot and then not actually do anything with that subplot by the end. Mm-hmm. It's it odd. Is, it is for movies and it is for movie making, but it's not when you compare it to the book. Okay, The book fair. ends with Ben Richards flying a plane into the building. It doesn't do it. Yeah, they can't do that ending now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it reminded me very much of the ending of equilibrium where, okay, the uprising looks like it's going to start. Do do they win? Do they lose? Does the government beat them down? I don't know, but we're excited because it started. The beginning of a Mm. revolution is not the victory moment. It's a very weird place to end, but whatever. None of that matters because this movie smokes it is awesome i love it yes yeah, it's very good yeah. it's a wild i know we've ride. run stupidly long is there anything we missed i hope not <laughs> no i don't think so i don't think so i think we've run longer than the movie yeah yeah but like this movie is just great it is as wayne said pure 80s action distilled yeah like this is every checkbox before there were checkboxes for an 80s action movie yep it's a blast I'm so glad yeah. I own this. I'm waiting for a 4K of it. I have my yeah. Blu-ray. It's good yeah. enough for now. So good. <laughs> Fun wild ride, man. So good. And maybe when Parker is a little bit older, yeah, I'll revisit yeah. this for yeah. sure. Preteen, preteen. Yeah. Or whatever. I watched it like the year after it came out. I watched it in '88. I was like nine years old. Maybe well, that we watched a few it young. things. Yeah, <laughs> we, we absolutely watched it young. But again, those were the '80s. People didn't care. That's right. Different times. Well, we thank you on another journey through video game related films. When we come back, we'll be doing true adaptations again. We don't even know which ones yet, but we're going to try and tackle some ones from the past year because the number of video game related films seems to be exponentially increasing. But is their quality increasing? We'll find out when we come back. (laughs) I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, we're waiting for set to market facts. Gentlemen, I'll be back. Hasta la vista, baby. It's not a tuba. There, we've done all of them. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athens, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, Subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.